everybody, welcome back to Pagan Switchy Corner. My name is Pagan, and today I am joined by a really awesome author who I have been a very longtime fan of, and that is Deborah Blake. Deborah is the author of a multitude of books, which I'm not going to list all of them because <laughs> there's so many that we will be here for half an hour just talking about all the books. So, the most recent additions to her plethora of books is The Everyday Witch's Coven and the eclectic witches book of shadows those are the two most recent ones if you'd like to know more there will be a link to her website with all of her books including fiction and nonfiction. you guys can check them all out there but like i said we, we will be here forever going through all the titles so anywho i digress deborah welcome to the show <laughs> well thank you so much thank you for having me and you're not wrong if we listed them all and and then threw in the decks you know because yes <laughs> yeah we'd be at the end of the half an hour and people be going what are we talking about <laughs> it's so true you know and it's funny being a longtime fan of yours i have about five or six of your books and two of your decks but the rest of them, I'm just like, I didn't realize that A, you wrote fiction, and B, I was like, I knew she had more books out there, but wow, lady, you are yeah. busy. <laughs> I, think, I think the Everyday Witches Coven was number 13 of the nonfiction, not counting the Oracle deck and the tarot deck. And I have about the same number of novels out in various different series, some of which have witches and some of which do not have witches. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, look at that list sometimes and go, well, that explains why I'm so tired. <laughs> I, I will say it is very astonishing that, you know, as a fellow author as well, it's like, you kind of made me look at your list and I'm like, damn, I'm slacking. I need to get on myself. Well, <laughs> you have to remember that I wrote the first one in 2005 and it came out in 2007. Mm -hmm. So I've been plugging away at this for quite some time. And what I tend to do <clears throat> in general, I usually manage two books a year, um, which still really is really good though. Well, it is, but I mean, I have author friends, you know, especially fiction author friends who, who somehow managed to put out four and, and I just look at them and I'm like, do you not sleep what yeah <laughs> you know and that, that's funny because i was talking to my husband the other day and i was like you know i really need to finish my book series my fiction book series that i've been working on for seven years because i have adhd and the hyper focus of it wore off uh -huh. and so i'm like okay well now i need to get back in and actually finish it and all this other stuff now that the hyper focus is starting to creep back in which is good but you know at the same time i'm looking at other people where i'm like how did you write four sometimes even five i think that there was i think rick rudin wrote like five books in one year yeah and i'm just well, like how I, how did you do it do, do you i sleep? think some people's <laughs> some people's brains work for more than two hours a day i don't oh yeah I mean, there, there, that, that is a thing could, <laughs> yeah well and for the long until about a year ago um, I also had a three quarter time day job, which I mean, that's the thing looking back at it. I'm like, how the heck did I do both? And in fact, I, I did end up making the decision to leave. 
because with COVID complicating everything and mm-hmm. making the day job more difficult and just making, I think, thinking and getting through life more difficult um, in a general kind of way. I know my focus and my creativity really went downhill in the last few years. And I said, okay, I'm going to have to pick one. I can't, you know, and I am getting older. That that might have something to do with it. Not, <clears throat> no. Definitely not. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, I if it makes you feel any better, you know, I, I did finally have to say, OK, you know, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to make a choice here and focus on one thing or the other, because I was barely managing to get the writing done. And I I was definitely not feeling creative or energized about it. And it's it's slowly starting to come back. Yay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think that, you know, with COVID, writing got hard for a minute because we were just all oh, it so did. It, in our heds yeah. during COVID. So well, and, and de- still are, depressed but, you know. and and stressed. And, you know, I I have a couple of author friends who actually were able to somehow hide out in their books and write well. Most of the authors that I know and most of the ones that I follow online I saw, you know, a lot of people saying, is there anybody else out there struggling? And so it actually did make me feel better that it wasn't just me mm-hmm. that and and it wasn't just writers. It was creative people because uh, I the my day job was running an artist cooperative shop with 50 artists and people couldn't create anything. I mean, it was just. I think we all just sort of got stuck spinning around in circles going, ah, 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 for a while. Yeah, it, it, it was a little scary and a little heart, uh, gut-wrenching and heartbreaking and all of that because, you know, it, it's so hard to create art when you're just not oh, yeah. in it, you know? So, yeah, I, I totally feel that. And that's so cool that your day job was that because I, I'm also an artist. So yeah. Well, and, uh, yeah, well, and I, you know, I'm, I've been making gemstone jewelry for 30 years. That was one of the ways I got into doing this. A friend and I, who, a friend who's Potter, we went, we need a place to sell our stuff. And everybody went, well, you should start one. And we said, you're crazy. And then we did it anyway. And it turns out we were crazy, but it was okay. That's um, the best way to do it. Sometimes yep. those crazy plans absolutely work out. Well, you know, it's like, I didn't actually plan to be a nonfiction author, I'd always wanted to write, you know, from the mm-hmm. time I was fairly young. I think I wrote my first novel, <laughs> novel, which was probably 10 pages long, um, in sixth grade in the back of math class, you know, when <laughs> I was supposed to be mathing, um, which might explain why my math skills are not so good. Um, but, you know, I always wanted to write, but the, you know, the first book that I wrote for Llewellyn, Circle, Covenant, Grove, was kind of an an accident uh you know i had just started my coven um and thought oh you know i wish i had a book that had you know a year's worth of you know full moons and new moons and you know holidays and some basic advice on how to do a coven and you know that sort of thing and i couldn't find one so you know this this voice went you should write it. And, you know, if you've, if you've been a witch for 15 minutes, you know, not to, not to ignore that voice. Um, cause you know, it won't come back and tell you again. Uh, and so I did, but it was always sort of intended to be just a, a, a one-off and, 
you know, it turned out, first of all, I loved working with Llewellyn, who was mm-hmm. the one who originally put that book out. Um, and and I, you know, I also went, oh, look, I finished a book. I no longer have the excuse that I have never finished a book, which is what happened with my fiction. I'd get like a third of the way through or halfway through and and then, you know, wander off and go, oh, well, I never <laughs> finished anything. And so then I started seriously working on the fiction. But I also said, huh, I just had this other idea. I wonder if they'd like another book. And the rest is history. And the first book that you were just mentioning, The Circle Coven Grove, that was the original kind of one that's actually, I guess you could say the inspiration for your newest one, Everyday it Witches actually, It actually was. And in fact, it went out of print a while ago. Uh, I mean, people still still use it. They still loved it. And and the the fun thing, which, um, you know, is uh, is sort of a, a neat announcement. Um, it's going to be reissued by... Um, crossed crow books which i uh, just started what, some work with them as well so that's cool it, yeah. they're, no, they're I, great. I was very excited because yeah i have two books that have gone out of print with well and there's that one and there's witchcraft on a shoestring which literally went out of print like two months ago or something mm-hmm. and yeah the crossed crow books folks had asked me to write a forward for a different author's book that they were reissuing which when when they contacted me i went i love that book i have that book on my shelf that you know <laughs> I have the original you don't even have to send me a copy i can look at the one i have on my shelf um and and you know then i i sort of thought about it and i went huh so you're reissuing books are ya <laughs> and had a lovely conversation with them in which they said wait, you'd like us to do yours? That would be great. And I said, yeah. But in the meanwhile, back to the Everyday Witches Coven, I had thought about doing sort of an updated version of Circle Coven and Grove because, you know, it was out of print and I did love it. And I realized that I actually needed to write a completely different book. Well, sort of completely different. I mean, it still has, you know, spells and rituals in it, but... um. You know, I wrote that book in 2005. I had only been leading my own group, Blue Moon Circle, for a year. I, you know, had been practicing with somebody else's group for quite a time before that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I realized at the time when I was thinking about redoing the old book that my practice had changed quite a bit in all those years. And my circle's practice, my coven's practice had changed quite a bit. Coven really changed. I mean, COVID really changed it. Mm-hmm. But um, but also witchcraft itself and the general practice of witchcraft is sort of hard to say general practice because there's like a hundred thousand different ways to do it. Um, but if you look at witchcraft in sort of a broad picture, that has changed too, because it's it's a basically an evolving spiritual practice. Yes. You know, back in 2005 my original high priestess had been, you know, taught Wiccan and I, you know, started doing, you know, most of my coven stuff was fairly Wiccan in, in orientation, um, which is neither a good thing nor a bad thing. It just was what it was. Mm -hmm. The women I started the group with were more eclectic witches um, and not Wiccans. And so we sort of had gradually become 
more eclectic and you know some some parts of my rituals are still you know they you they show their wiccan roots you know with which colors candles i use that sort of thing but some of the things we were doing were a lot less formal than the way we started out and i have a friend in california who has been practicing with one other person for more than 20 years they started out in a coven together the coven broke up and they kept their practice and i thought well are they a coven of two? They really are, um, which is hence the subtitle, which is Rituals and Magic for Two or More. Mm-hmm. And my stepdaughter, who lives in a different part of California, has this sort of free-floating bunch of people that she occasionally practices with. And it's much less formal. And they're much more likely to do, you know, like go to the ocean and just do magical work kind of things. And I thought about the fact that when I wrote Circle, Coven, and Grove all those years ago, my parameters were narrower, you know, right. when I, you know, and so I I decided that instead of redoing that book, um, what I wanted to do was sort of, you know, reintroduce the idea of what, what today's coven is, what, you know, different ways you could practice with other people you know, some of the time, all of the time, you know, if you felt like it with two people, with 10 people. And so, yeah, I sat down and wrote this entirely new book, which, you know, I'm, I'm really pleased with it. And, and then of course, Elizabeth Alba, who did the illustrations for my uh, tarot and Oracle deck did the cover. And so the cover is just stunning. It is. It's so beautiful. She was actually on maternity leave and came off maternity leave long enough to paint that picture. Isn't that wonderful? That's so sweet. Yeah. Well, we are working on another Oracle deck. Yeah. We're, we're a good team. We really enjoy working together. So. I think that's awesome. And you know, that the book is such a great rendition of how witchcraft has changed from the very Wiccan era of the, you know, late nineties, early two thousands and into a much more eclectic kind of practice. And, you know, to add to that eclectic kind of coven, you know, style that you write about in your books is my coven is completely online. We're separated by the entire globe. We wow, have people that's in England. Amazing. Yeah. We have people in England. We have people in the Southeast U S we have people in the Northeast. Ooh, I want to come. You're welcome. You're welcome. Come on down. We we have lots of public stuff as well, but we also have our private stuff for just right. our group. But we do offer public stuff because, you know, we're not like a hush hush closed group. We're right. we're one of those groups that, you know, yes, we would like to welcome you in, but we also want to make sure that you're gonna jive with us first. That exactly. way we're not throwing off the whole, you know, thing, which you do talk about in your book as well. Oh and yeah. That, that but, is that is one thing that I had a lot more advice to give after many years of, <laughs> yeah. of having a coven, I could say, okay, these are some things to look out for. Um, you know, these are some things that you might want to, you know, whether you're starting a new coven or whether you're thinking about joining a pre-existing coven or asking people to come into your coven, you need to make sure you have good communication because that is, oh, you know, I did not realize, I mean, I, I knew from being in my previous coven, which in fact blew up because of not good communication eventually. Um, 
and being guests at other covens, you know, and going, whoa, if I'd realized this is the way they did things, I might not have come or, you know, I was expecting something different. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's a really important thing. And in fact, Blue Moon Circle went through a period of time where we allowed, you know, a series of new people to come in. And one of the things that we learned through our own experience was that we actually, for because we're so close-knit, we've been practicing together for so long, mm-hmm. that we were going to be very selective in who we let. I mean, we have occasional times where somebody can bring a guest. Right. You know, like summer solstice, which tends to be outside and be more celebratory than formal. Mm-hmm. You know, we if we have friends who say, oh, you know, I'm interested, you know, could I come? You know, that's that's when we have them. But um, yeah, we, you know, we added a new person last year or two years ago. And that was the first new person that I think we'd brought in in four or five years. Now I had a housemate during COVID for a year and a half, um, who was a friend of mine who, you know, basically moved in to hide out. And thankfully she was a witch. And so she, yeah, she lived here. She came to everything. Um, and she still occasionally floats back. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is one of those things where, you know, if you are going to be working with other people, whether it's two people or 10 people, you want to make sure you're all on the same page. One of the things that we found out was that I was more interested in having a larger coven than the other folks who were, you know, the starting members. And they didn't really know how to say, oh, could we keep this small? Right. And and so they weren't happy when we had a bunch more people. And luckily for them, I went, wow, this is a lot more work and I'm not sure I'm happy with this. <laughs> At that point, they went, oh, well, since you brought it up and I'm like, <laughs> how many years have you been sitting here going, gee, we wish that, you know, we were, we were, you know, six people instead of 11 people. Maybe somebody should have mentioned that. But, you know, that's one of the things you learn as you work together or, or your coven implodes and goes away, which unfortunately does happen a lot. Yeah, it does. And, and I have been part of covens in the past that they also imploded and eventually went away and some well, just kind of fizzled out, which isn't a bad thing. Yeah, no. Right. Sometimes people wander off, they get busy, they get married, they, you know, they get married to somebody who's not comfortable with witches, you know, or or the person who's leading it gets tired of leading and there's mm-hmm. nobody else to step up. Um, <clears throat> so there's there's that. I mean, that's one of the other differences. This book as opposed to Circle, Covenant, Grove. Um, Circle, Covenant, Grove, I mostly, you know, had things laid out as, okay, here's the ritual run by a high priest and a high priestess. And I did say things like, well, if you don't have a high priest, you can just have somebody else do it. Um, With this one, I I made it much more general. You know, Mm -hmm. I would say, you know, facilitator or leader and uh, much more likely to use um, the the they instead of he or she so that everybody felt included um because that is one of the the things about witchcraft is 
for the most part, and there's always exceptions, but for the most part, we are very welcoming and open-minded community. Yes. And this is a place where people go who do not feel comfortable or accepted in other religious or spiritual paths. And I wanted to make sure that I was writing this book in such a way that nobody felt like they weren't being included, which I just didn't even think about that in 2005. You know, it mm-hmm. was it was not on my radar quite as much. Um, you know, it's this is the whole thing about learning and practicing is hopefully, you know, you figure some stuff out. Absolutely. And, you know, I think when it comes to any sort of group that you're planning on joining, obviously check it out for a good chunk of time. Don't just, you know, go to one or two sessions and be like, I want to join. You may still have that notion and that's okay to have that notion for two or three months, but give it some time to really understand because the thing too is when people are trying to get to know each other, you don't always see... I guess you could see right. the skeletons it, in the closet until well, it's, it's like when you start on. dating someone, yes. you know, everybody's on their best behavior and you're putting your best foot forward and everybody says, oh, you know, we all get along so well. And then you start to relax and all of a sudden you realize that this person doesn't always bathe a lot before they come to ritual. And maybe this person, <laughs> um, you know, comes stoned and that's not a thing you like. I mean, right. it may fine with some groups it may not be fine with your group so yeah it is one of those things or or you realize they're always late and if that's a thing that's going to make you crazy then you need to either talk to them about it or or say you know we like to start on time we know that pagan standard time is a thing for most covens but it's not (laughs) for ours you know, I mean, my group is is fairly relaxed about that because, yeah, people people are crazy busy, and you know, we did have one person who consistently showed up like an hour late. So I just I just told her the ritual started at six when it didn't start till seven. And, I mean that that's one way to definitely do it. Be like, hey, we changed the time on this, but you know that that's an easy kind of fix. Well, and the ironic thing is that all these years later, she still comes to rituals, and over the years, she's gotten less and less late, and now she shows up like a half an hour early, and I'm like, ah, oh, dude, I'm not set up yet. Okay, here, <laughs> carry this out to the circle. You can help. <laughs> so you just never know. Everything changes. But yeah, good communication is something I talk about quite a bit in the book. Yes, definitely. Especially if you were going to start something from scratch, which is what I did. Yeah, you know, there are a few questions which I lay out things, you know, how often do you want to meet? How many people do you want to have? You know, is it okay for people to just come without, you know, being vetted by everybody? Discuss all that stuff initially so that you don't end up five years later having people go, well, we wish we'd mentioned this. You know, and it's funny that you mention all of that because when our our group, when we originally started, which was, oh gosh, like a year, year and a half ago, um, and we started just kind of as a, let's ha- hang out and, you know, pull tarot together and just talk about right. witchy stuff and just hang out kind of thing, like with witchy friends. That's all we really wanted to do. 
And then it slowly evolved in, okay, can we do some spell work? Sure. What do you guys want to do? Like, what are we looking for? And then I would write ritual and lead it and do all this other stuff. And eventually everyone's like, you know, we kind of act like a coven. Maybe we should just <laughs> become one. And I'm like, oh, geez, I got to figure this out. And so I've, your book came out the week before that conversation happened. Are you serious? I am serious. It showed up in my box from Llewellyn the week before that conversation happened. I was like, well, this is just really, really timing. <laughs> yeah, I love it when the gods are subtle. <laughs> well, you know, and it's funny because we work with Loki and we also work with Morgan. So it they're not subtle days. No, neither, <laughs> neither subtle. No, not not they, subtle. They they burst through the doors like Aragorn in, in yeah. the you know the uh, second movie, the uh, Two Towers. So yeah, it's that whole scene of bursting through the doors like I'm here, and I'm yeah. like, well, okay. And I I think I think my gods have learned not to be subtle with me because I'm a little slow on the uptake sometimes, and Same. they got tired of having to tell me five times. By the way, we'd like you to do this. By the way, we'd like so now it's just like, hey, yo. <laughs> it's funny is, how that happens. Is, I'm actually okay <laughs> with that. It's really funny how that happens. My my deities do that too. That they'll sometimes drop like a subtle hint. They'll be like, hey you know, maybe you should think about this. And then yep. like stuff will start popping up interestingly on social media. And then oh, yeah. um, after that, it's like, okay, well, that's kind of cool. That's a neat idea. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, no, 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 we wanted you to do that. And it's like, uh oh, okay. Yeah, and I, yeah, I'm still <laughs> a little slow on the uptake sometime. You know, I had been thinking about the fact, I mean, I've been, I've been reading tarot for like 25 years professionally. That's one of the ways I ended up with my own tarot deck. They said, hey, would, you know, would you like to do a tarot deck? Do you know anything about the Rider weight? Yeah. And I'm like, well, kind of, but you know, I mostly hadn't been working with many new people because again, having the day job and balancing it with the writing, there just wasn't time or energy. And I had, you know, regular clients who I'd seen for years and every once in a while, somebody would find their way to me. And, you know, now that it's been a year since I left the day job, I sort of started thinking, you know, I wonder if I should do something about trying to, you know, put this out into the universe a little bit more. And literally within three weeks, I had three people contact me, one local and two online to say, can you do this by Zoom? And I went one, two, three. Okay, then. And I actually did. I went on social media and I went, um, just so people know. I can do tarot readings by Zoom. And I, you know, people were like, wait, what? You do what? What? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, but yeah, it was one of those things that when the third person showed up in a really short period of time, I thought, okay, so this is the God saying, yes, this stray idea of yours is the way to go. Now go do it. <laughs> I love when that works out. And, you know, it, that's also kind of how this podcast was born. This podcast came out of, hey, I kind of want to do this thing. Maybe I should mm. just like write a book or something, you know, right. that kind of thing. And they're just like, or you could do a podcast. And I'm like, but doing a podcast, I was doing a podcast with another person at the time. Uh -huh. And I'm like, do I really want to do it by myself, though? Like, do I want to listen to myself talk? And then... You know, as soon as I started doing it, it was just like, okay, well, you know, if, pe if five people listen to it, I'll be happy. Right. And then it was like first week, 
50, second week 100. Wow. And I'm like, That's oh, great. well, I, apparently I'm doing a podcast now. <laughs> Which is funny because that's another thing that I have been considering doing is is some sort of podcast because, you know, I I do like to talk to people about witchcraft. And mm -hmm. yeah, sometimes I like to talk to them about like the cool books or whatever, the cool people. And I'm like, well, do I want to take on one more thing? I don't know. I mean, my thing is I don't want to mess with the technical background stuff because it makes my brain hurt. Um, yeah, so so yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what the what the we'll gods, what the gods in my lap. <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe they'll let me, you know, finish the book I'm working on first and and then do it. I I don't know. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. So in that regard, you just mentioned that you're working on another book. Is it fiction, nonfiction, somewhere in between? <laughs> okay, I actually have two more. Um, contracts with Llewellyn for nonfiction. And I have promised my very, very patient agent that I would start working on a novel that I've been talking about for a while and had to finish the last batch of Llewellyn books. Um, so I, I handed in relatively recently the Llewellyn Little Book of Witchcraft, which will be coming out in September. That's going to be fun. I did just see you know, that. Yes. Yes. Well, they have this really fun series of Llewellyn little books of, and I just love a cute little hardcover. I mean, they're I was, adorable. I have so <laughs> many of them. <laughs> I, I basically said, um, can I, can I write one of those? And my editor said, uh, you know, we haven't had anybody write the little book of witchcraft. And I went, well, tag, I'm it. Um, <laughs> and, and so I handed that in and, you know, you mentioned the eclectic witches book of shadows, which I love this book so much. And thankfully, most people seem to. It was my first hardcover. <laughs> it is gorgeous. Mickey Mueller did an amazing job with both the cover and the interior illustrations. It's full color. It's so beautiful. And, you know, basically I, I set out to do, you know, what a sort of a, a book of shadows. You, you didn't have to start it yourself, mm -hmm. you know. You could you could have like some of the information you needed and then add the things you learned as you went along. We put, you know, beautiful pages that you could write, you know, your own things. And what happened is I kept getting messages from my readers saying, I love this book and it's so beautiful. I don't want to write in it. That's my but issue. I have two. I have one that to keep pretty and one to write in. Well, I, I got one from Llewellyn um, yep. to review. And then my next one I bought myself because I'm like, I want to write in this. Yep. But it's so darn pretty that if I mess up, I'm going to cry. Like, and, yeah. and that is why <laughs> I did the Eclectic Witches Book of Shadows companion, oh. which is going to be a paperback that it's going to have additional information, but it's also going to have like some things to you know prompts of things to do and lots of space to write things so so that the people who couldn't bring themselves to write in the hardcover will have an option i basically i begged llewellyn to let me do this i'm like you don't understand people won't write in the book and they went but there's on it i said i don't care i and i don't blame them because i grew up with a mother who was a librarian 
I can't write the book either. You know, I can't even dog ear the pages. So yeah, yeah we don't I do that in this household. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I absolutely get it. So those are done and they're in with Llewellyn. The next one's up. I'm going to be doing another little book of this one is going to be Spellcraft. Ooh. And that's what I'm working on next for them. And then after that, um, I don't know if among the books of mine that you have is my 365 day book, my a year and a day of everyday witchcraft. I have that one. Yes. Well, that's another thing that, you know, I've had, you know, it came out in, oh, I don't know, 2018 or 2019. And I had people who said, you know, I've been using this every year, but you know, I've now done the same thing on the spring equinox for, you know, four years you know, could you write another one? And so that's, that's what I'm going to do, you know, later this year is work on, uh, you know, and it'll be something slightly different. You know, I'm going to take a, a different approach to it just because you don't want to write the same basic book all the time. And in the meanwhile, yes, hopefully I will be working on a novel, which is going to be magical realism, which is something I have never written before. And we'll see how it goes. Um, but it's actually going to be about about somebody who reads tarot cards. So there you go. I ought to know that part. <laughs> Although she's not a witch. It's not a witchcraft book. It's a it's a, a you know magical realism, which is sort of elements of magic in everyday life kind of things. Um, so yeah, I I have stuff. I have stuff to do. Things I'm I'm supposed to be supposed to be working on. <laughs> Well, they all sound absolutely amazing. And the Year in a Day Everyday Witchcraft uh, book is fantastic as well. I mean, honestly, everybody who's listening, any of Deborah's books are fantastic. Uh -oh. All of the tarot cards and oracle decks and everything else are fantastic. Just buy one or 50, whichever you prefer. Um, but they're um, all I wonderful. 50. 50. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, if I get to vote on this, I just finished a really expensive, expensive project at my house and so <laughs> yes buy all the books all the books so support your authors and if you are somebody yes. who is financially strapped and you cannot support your authors go to your local library request a oh, copy absolutely. they will get a copy if they don't they have would. one they will request yeah. it either from another library or they will buy a copy for yeah, their and own sometimes, personal stores sometimes if you go request one from your library your library will buy the book which is not a bad thing um you know authors love libraries don't do not ever feel bad about getting one of my books from the library unless you're going to write it in which case you know just buy your own but <laughs> uh but no i i i love libraries libraries are my happy place in fact the first thing that i do whenever i get a copy of a new book is i march down to my local library and i donate them a copy you know and i say here put this on your shelf so people can read it um yeah i I'm, I am all for libraries. You know, the other thing is, you know, if, if you, uh, you know, if you can't afford to, to buy all the books, you know, figure out which one is going to be the most useful for you and start with that. And, you know, then, then see how you feel about it. Um, yes. I mean, I, I try when I write my, my style, if you want to call it, that is very conversational. It's very relaxed. It's very accessible. And what I tell people is it's like sitting down across the table 
with a cup of tea with your, you know, friendly neighborhood high priestess and just talking about the things you wanted to know, you know, and saying, hey, you know, how can we do this? Or, you know, do you, can you, do you have a good spell for that? And so that's what my books are like. You know, they're basically, you know, you don't, I don't ever send you off looking for expensive esoteric herbs that, you know, you've never heard of. I'm going to say, look, you know, buy some dill and then you can use it in your kitchen too. Mm -hmm. And I think probably one of my favorite books that I, the first book I ever read of yours that is still to this day, one of my favorites is Everyday Witchcraft, uh, which was published, I believe in 2014, 2015, somewhere in that range. Um, But just perfect for, you know, somebody who's trying to figure out how to incorporate witchcraft in your everyday life. And, you know, because sometimes being a witch is hard because you've got the job and you got the kids and you got the dog or the cats or the birds or, you know, chickens, well, whatever you, may, you have. You may have a significant other who is not into witchcraft. So you have to f- grab five minutes, you know, when they're at the grocery store mm-hmm. or or you may not be out of the broom closet, which not everybody is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you share your house with other people and you can't leave your stuff around, well, gee, there's there's still ways to get around that. Um, so yeah, I have two books, which the my perennial probably bestseller is my third book, which is The Goddesses in the Details, which mm-hmm. was the first book that I wrote about how to integrate your spiritual beliefs as a witch with your everyday life. And people love that so much that eventually I did everyday witchcraft as sort of a a follow-up. I mean, you can definitely read them completely separately, yes. but it's that same idea of, you know, how how do you integrate your witchcraft with your busy life without making yourself crazy? And I wrote that one because honestly, I needed it. You know, I needed it for me because I found that I was writing books on witchcraft for other people to do witchcraft. And other than when I got together with my group, I wasn't finding the time in my own life to do it. And so I I spent some time thinking about, well, you know, what are some fast and easy ways, you know, ways you can you can do that in five minutes. If all you have is five minutes, then, you know, it's like exercise. You grab five minutes here and five minutes there, and it actually adds up to something that's really good for you. Exactly. And witchcraft yes. is the same thing. You don't have to do a full ritual every week or even every full moon sometimes i celebrate the full moon by going outside looking at the moon and and you know waving high at the lady and just <laughs> you know you know standing there for five minutes soaking up the magic and then go back inside and now okay. i do that in my own bathroom looking out the window and being like hi moon thanks oh, for yeah. all your blessings good night i'm going to bed <laughs> exactly that's i mean sometimes that's that's all it takes um you know i i think you have to find what works for you and for some people big elaborate rituals work for them and yay and i like that on occasion i mean i get a lot out of it it's just that on your average day I don't even have the energy to light a candle. So, you know, it's just, you know, sometimes, yes, going to the window and waving at the moon. If that's what you do, that's what you do. And yeah, that that is very true. If I didn't have my weekly group, I 
there are weeks that I would go without even practicing because yep. there are sometimes, you know, yes, I do a weekly podcast talking about witchcraft and I read all these books. Outside of the books reading and the podcast, there's sometimes not a whole lot of time in my day for me to do the whole witchcraft thing right. because I have kids, I have dogs, I have a garden, I have a husband, I have all these things that I've got going on in my life. Oh, yeah. And by the time you get done with all of it, you're just like, I am too tired to even look at my phone. Let oh, exactly. Thank you. I'm like, oh, crap, I still haven't cleaned all four litter boxes and it's like three minutes before I fall over. I right? guess I, instead of doing ritual, I'm going to clean the litter boxes. But you know, one of the things that, that I have come to realize for myself, and this is you know, very possibly true for whoever's listening, is that for me, witchcraft is less about an active practice of casting spells and doing rituals. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's that too, but it's more how I walk my talk through my life. I, you know, I try and be kind to nature because that is part of my spiritual belief is that nature is sacred. I try and be kind to other human beings because even though I don't love them all equally, um, I believe in channeling deity as you walk through the world. And the best way to do that is to spread love. And, and that doesn't mean you have to love everybody. It just means you have to not be a hateful, nasty person. Um, exactly, yes. So, so for me and things like, you know, yes, I have a, a very large garden and I compost and I recycle and I do things that are for me a manifestation of my belief as a witch that nature is sacred. So, you know, and and I say thank you to the gods. Mm -hmm. And and sometimes I ask for help and I don't always ask for help in a formal I'm going to cast a spell kind of way. Sometimes I just say, oh, please, please let my plane get there and and be okay. <laughs> please let my luggage be with my plane when right. it lands. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Please let the snowstorm turn out not to be as bad as they're saying it's going to be so I can go home. And yeah, I mean, I was I was traveling. I did I had no ritual stuff with me. So I just said please. And guess what? The snowstorm was not so bad. It still works. And, yep. I, and I'm betting there were a whole lot of people going, oh, pretty please, to whoever, whichever deity of their choice, you know. Um, and, you know, I believe all those prayers end up where they're they're supposed to be. So one of the things that I try and get across to people in my books and when I talk to them in real life, which I occasionally do, um, is don't be too hard on yourself. Don't put yourself under so much pressure that you feel like you can't be a witch if you can't do spells and rituals all the time. That's not what it's about. It's what's in your heart. It's what's in your spirit. It's, you know, pretty much what you're putting out into the world. That's that's what being a witch is. And yes, if you can do a cool spell every once in a while, well, I have books for that. <laughs> you, know, that's great. you do. Um, you have several books for that, which are great. <laughs> But, but on the other hand, you know, yeah, you don't, you don't have to do that. You can just live your best life, you know, follow your spiritual path in, in the best way that you can. And you're just as much of a witch as anybody else. And I don't care who tells you differently. 
I wholeheartedly agree with everything that you said. And the only thing I have to add to it also is you don't it have to be an expensive witch. You can be a oh, treat yeah. witch because guess what? None of the candles, none of the tools, none of the herbs, none of that. Those are all extra. You don't need I, them to do I the call magic. those optional extras in yes. my book. <laughs> optional extras. They're great. They they may help you with your focus. I actually wrote a book called Witchcraft on a Shoestring mm -hmm. and gave all sorts of alternative ways for people to practice without spending a lot of money. Um, you know, including yes, get go to the library and get your books there. Um, or share them with your, you know, if you have a coven. Have one person buy one book, have another person buy another book, and you know, y'all just share. Uh, so yeah, I I absolutely agree with that. You know, I I happen to be a a crystal junkie. It's a thing. I mean, I am a tourist, <laughs> so I come by the the rock junkie, honestly. I have huge crystals. I have little crystals. I have a whole cabinet full of crystals that the, I don't want the cats to get at. Um but that's that's me. That's you know that's my thing because the the stones just make me happy. Um, I also you know really love to go to the ocean. Sadly, I don't live anywhere near the ocean, so you know I get very jealous of the witches who get to just go stand at the ocean and like talk to Yamiya or whatever. Um, but yeah, you know I have I have a ton of candles, and sometimes I use them, and sometimes. I don't use them. I mean, I, part of the reason I have a ton is because, you know, the group uses them. Mm -hmm. But but I, I also buy my herbs in bulk from the local health food store where, A, they're way cheaper and way fresher than if you get them at the grocery store or most other places. And I'll take them home and I'll say, okay, this this bunch is going to be for my magical work and I'll set it aside in with my magical tools. And then I'll say, and the rest of this is going to be for, you know, cooking or healing or, you know, whatever. Exactly. And, yeah. It still all came out of the same baggie. Yeah. I, I, you know, spend, spend whatever you're comfortable spending and get the, I mean, the toys are fun. The tools are fun. You know, I have, uh anathema that basically sits on my on my altar now because i used it for years in the beginning mm -hmm. and and now i don't but i i like it and it's pretty um you know but you don't you don't have to have anathema you can point with your finger that that's exactly. already attached you know i bought my athame at a flea market for five bucks um, and the only reason I bought it is because it was in the style of an Egyptian dagger, which I don't oh, know the cool. actual name of it. It's a, one of the really pretty cool looking ones. But anywho, I digress. And it had Isis on it. And Isis was who I was working with at the time. So right. that was the whole reason I bought it. It was like, hey, I don't work with Isis anymore. It doesn't apply really to fit my practice right. anymore. So it doesn't fit, but it is still pretty and I still appreciate it and I still love it. I still also don't use an athame because I'm like, I don't have the mental capacity to do the whole thing. So I'm just like, do it with my finger really quick right. and I'm just done. Exactly. Well, done. You know, we, we have this beautiful <laughs> goblet. One of the women in my group um, spent many years as a potter and she actually made this beautiful goblet. We all decorated it. She glazed it. We, you know, we used it for years. It is up on my altar, but <clears throat> COVID. Last time we got together, 
we literally had Dixie cups and a pretty pitcher that we poured the, the, you know, the ale for cakes and ale out of, mm-hmm. because we weren't going to pass a glass around the circle. Are you crazy? Yeah. No. So <laughs> yeah, for, for whatever reason, you know, your practice is going to grow and change and your tools are going to grow and change. And one of the things that I found from my own experience, and again, this is, you know, your mileage may vary. Um, when I was a newbie witch, I really needed the tools to help me focus, to, you know, to remind me of, of my intent and what I was doing. And as I got more and more practice, I didn't need them most of the time. Sometimes when we do our formal rituals, we like to pull out all the pageantry. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's nice to do that and light all the candles. You know, sometimes we have all had a really rough day and we're tired and we say, you know, we're not going to do formal formal quarter calls. We're just going to, you know, chat about what we want to accomplish. We're going to do our spell or our ritual or whatever it is to the best of our ability. And then we're going to have the feast Mm -hmm. and that would be grand. So yeah, it definitely does not need to be expensive, except books. Books are good. Yeah, books are good. Always, if you can get the books, if you can't, that's okay. And yeah, if you're in a group that can share the books, great. If you're in a long distance group, like my group, um, setting up a kind of maybe like a fund for people who can't afford them and seeing who can contribute to helping that out, those right. types of people. There are different ways to go about it. And of course, at the end of the road is always the libraries. But yeah. yeah. So just just do not pirate books because yeah. that no, that's, that's bad. Stealing stealing money from authors, publishers, everybody who's involved. And what happens? And I've had this happen to friends whose books were pirated so much, they quit writing. They just Mm -hmm. couldn't, they couldn't make a living at it. And every day I get, you know, somebody saying, oh, you know, I I saw your deck on, you know, this site for four bucks. And gee, when I bought it, it didn't come with a book. And there was this code on the back you were supposed to be able to scan with your phone and i went well first of all you probably just got a virus so sorry second of all if you find a 32 dollars deck online for four dollars i can pretty much guarantee you it's pirated from china probably or mm-hmm. some other um and yeah it's you know it's not going to be good uh you know which doesn't mean you can't find legit used copies occasionally but for the most part, yeah, you know, just just be cool, people. Just be cool. Just be cool indeed. Now, I know that you just got back from a convention and all of that, um, but do you have any other classes or appearances or events or anything that you would like to promote or talk about? I actually, right this very minute, I don't have anything planned. I may... I may do some sort of an online class. I have a Patreon and um, depending on which level you follow me at, I mean, there's a lot of people at the $1 level or the $3 level and they get a lot of cat pictures and <laughs> me, me talking about, you know, yeah, snow and things. Um, and at a certain level, I had been doing a monthly ritual and, you know, things got crazy and, you know, I sort of wandered away from that and, bless those people they nobody complained nobody ran away they're just like yeah 
we were going to give you that money anyway. And I'm like, oh, well, thank you very much. The cats really appreciate it. Now they get to eat. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I may go back to trying to do some form of online, you know, ritual or even just a chat about witchcraft or something. Uh, I probably will do it through my Patreon, but I might try and experiment and just do a Zoom something and and see what happens um you know i i don't know but yeah there's no official plans for anything right now i did just uh put up on my website which you will tell everybody how to get mm -hmm. to um i i um put up a place where people could go and request a zoom tarot reading which i've started back to doing um now that i have a little bit more time um so but they can find everything I do on my website. There's links. I have an Etsy shop where I sell signed books and some of the jewelry I make and little witchcraft kits, you know, whatever, basically whatever, whatever I feel like doing at the time. Um, but there's always signed books because people ask me for that. So mm -hmm. I just finally put it up and yeah, the Patreon and, and yeah, they can, they can check out the books and, and, you know, see, see what's going on and figure out where to follow me. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have not yet gone on to TikTok because I think if I have to add another social media, my head will explode. <laughs> uh, and TikTok is hard, to be fair. <laughs> I, yeah, and it, it's hard and it's, I think it's designed for younger than me people for the yeah. most part. Um, I, I follow actually several accounts of elderly folks that have their own tiktoks very popular tiktoks to be fair wow. uh, but um yeah they, they they will go on there and they will make jokes or they will teach you stuff or they will talk to you about stuff like yeah. it's really cool like i enjoy it um i am one of those people that i'm really bad about making the tiktoks but i will watch all the tiktoks well and that's <laughs> i think that's where i'm gonna start you know at some point when i have five minutes to rub together is i'm gonna join and watch quietly you will lose from hours for a while. so yeah see and that's one of the things i worry about yes <laughs> it is but you know there's a cool thing with tiktok nowadays um you tiktok actually has a thing that's um a it will tell you after 30 minutes it's like hey you've been watching for a while you need to take off. a break and it will pop Don't up across your screen yeah um or you can snooze it for 10 minutes and right. um but after 10 minutes it'll still pop up so but yes, it does have content warnings of you basically saying, hey, you've been watching for a minute. You should probably right. go take a break. Which is, um, which is a good thing. Yeah. I need that on, on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, too. I mean, I don't tend to spend a half an hour on each one individually, but I'll like go check one, then I'll go check the other. And even, no matter how much I check, I still miss stuff because mm -hmm. there's too much going on it's too many algorithms and all of that good stuff oh the algorithms is that's a bad word <laughs> oh my god and and those algorithms are not kind to authors no they're not they never have been and they never will be i don't think no i mean we're not I fancy can, enough for that kind of thing no, i can i can put up a cute cat picture and get like two thousand likes i i put up a, a cover of my book and go oh look, I have a new book out and six people see it. Right? It's a very weird, I don't, because they want you to pay them to 
have I everybody know, and it. it's terrible i know everything's a business model but still it, it's, it's yeah no it's just you know <laughs> I'm, I'm bringing people to your site take that and be happy exactly so. exactly well, yeah. Deborah, this has been absolutely amazing and wonderful. I have enjoyed chatting with you so much. You are welcome to come back anytime you'd like. If we can chat oh, about you. whatever you want to chat about, because I would love to just sit here and talk for hours again with you, no matter what. <laughs> well, hey, come September. Uh, well, it's a little book of witchcraft. Just saying. We will set a date. It'll be a good time. But it everybody who's listening, make sure you guys are taking care of yourself. Be good to each other. And I will see you all next time. Bye-bye, everyone. <laughs>